Hey y'all, I'm Sarah, a queer, feminine, disabled digital media consultant with a background in community organizing. And this is not your average digital marketing podcast. I'm up to rebrand influencer culture for the better, highlighting social issues, things you should give a fuck about, and helping folks understand the connection between social media and social change. Join me on this journey to help make influencer culture a tool for our collective liberation. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Influencing the Influencers. Now, before we get started, I have a few quick messages. First, I want to say thank you to everybody who has subscribed to the show already, who has rated it, and who's been listening. I really, really appreciate the support, and we actually have just hit the first milestone of 50 downloads. So that is so exciting, and I cannot wait to keep getting more content out to you all. Fridays will be the day that episodes are dropped. Other really big news is that the giveaway has been extended. Uh, Yeah, the giveaway is going to be extended until the end of February, which is great. It gives you all time to be able to really listen to the episodes, join us, subscribe, and rate, and then head to our email list, which is in the description. Get on there, tell me what it is that you want, and we'll be able to let you know if you win in March. Okay, now let's get into today's episode. We are going to be talking about the two Fs, the fear of failure and fucking up. And they're related and they're separate. And I'm going to address them both. So I want to start with fear because I was really afraid when I was getting ready to launch this podcast. And the truth is some of those episodes that were part of the launch were recorded in end of August, September. I sat on them and the idea for a while. I was afraid. And I was afraid of a lot of things. There was a fear of failure. There was a fear of embarrassment. A fear of saying something wrong and not being able to take it back. But that fear was necessary. Like, I had to go through the process of being afraid to be able to get here and do this work. Even today, sitting down for this episode as I'm like now getting into the process of building this live with you all and being more in real time, it's scary. It's scary. And so I have to work through my own anxiety to really show up and do this work and talk about what it is that I want to share with you all. Fear is a powerful tool, and it's been used to hold communities back forever. But we can't be afraid of our own voices and our own power. There has to be room for people like us who are different, who are marginalized, who come from oppressed groups, to be able to share our stories. And we can't be afraid of the retribution, because at the end of the day, these are our truths. So my fear as I was coming into recording the series with you all was somewhat coming from, it felt like something bigger than what I could do. It felt like it was just out of reach. And I have the incredible privilege of being able to work with Karen Hibner on a regular basis. And so she was so, so incredible. And if you haven't listened to my episode with Karen Hibner, Forever in Process, please go take a listen. But to be willing to be in process, as Karen and I talk about, 
to be willing to be vulnerable, to be willing to show up as my conversations with Kayla and with Marissa also highlight, you have to face that fear. You have to not only face it, like you have to be in it because it's not even like facing a fear means in that moment, you're not afraid. It means being afraid and doing it anyway while you're afraid. Because in the process, somewhere it stops being scary. And I wouldn't say that I'm totally there where showing up for this is not scary anymore. But I can easily think of lots of times where I was afraid of other things and I still did it and it still worked out for the best and now they're not scary anymore. I think about school. I think about returning to school. I was terrified to return to college for a lot of the same reasons, actually. And it turned out so amazing, better than I could ever imagine. And so embracing that fear and showing up despite it and pushing ourselves to let our comfort zone be a little bit bigger to encompass that means that we get to grow as people. And when we do it on social media and in culture, we're able to bring other people in the process, which isn't that even more beautiful? to help inspire other people to sit in their fear, to then show up and and do stuff for the community and for the world. I just see so many positive ripple effects coming from people being willing to embrace that fear and still go and do good things. So on the line of being good people doing good things, one of the big fears that I know a lot of people face when I talk to them about personal branding and I talk to them about social media is cancel culture. And that term has a really heavy connotation today in our society. People will come for you on the internet, on Twitter, on TikTok, wherever. And we're more ruthless on the internet. We're not always our best selves on the internet, which I think is a topic for another episode, but it's that fear of saying something or doing something and being wrong and then being held accountable because one, the way we hold people accountable today isn't actually isn't actually giving a ton of space for people to really truly go through the process of accountability. And instead it's more of like a rush to get them out of the public sphere while also ripping them to shreds. That doesn't embrace room for growth, which is something that I think we should be highlighting. It's sometimes represented in social media, and I think people are getting better at doing it. Now, Jeremy Schneider and his divisive tweet that hit Twitter that said, please know if you're someone who brings a book to the bar, nobody likes you. Now, Jeremy is a writer. He likes books. And he actually, well, he got dragged. (laughs) Twitter came for him ruthlessly, as we would expect. But what Jeremy did is what I want to highlight. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to read it here. After three days of reflecting on this tweet and an evening spent reading at the bar, I have some thoughts. First off, this tweet was mean, uncharacteristically mean. Nobody likes you. I don't talk like that in real life. Why would I tweet that? And saying it to people minding their own business reading a book? Yeah, that's mean. I'm sorry. So we're going to break this down piece by piece, y'all. So first off, he said sorry. He apologized. And not only that, he apologized after he put himself in the position of understanding. Now, he goes on because he's allowed to have his own opinion and perspective and he shares it respectfully. He says, 
I'm glad I tried reading in the bar. I still don't quite get it. I struggle to read if I don't have quiet. That doesn't always mean I don't like it. I always say don't yuck somebody else's yum. Why should I yuck somebody else's bar behavior that isn't affecting me? And then he goes on to explain why he had this opinion of people going to the bar. And it was because he had a friend tell him that he used it to pick up girls. He thought it was insufferable. Jeremy thought that his friend doing this was insufferable, he said. That's how we started seeing men reading books at a bar, through that lens of using it to ploy and manipulate women. Now, he continues on throughout this stream of tweets to, again, apologize, to then give more context to his story, and to understand where other people were coming from. I'm so impressed with the way that he handled this because we don't see people talking like this. We don't see people saying, hey, I messed up. Here's how I messed up. And here's how I learned. And yet he went and did that. It's exactly what we were talking about in Forever in Process. And here it is happening in real life by someone who probably isn't a a big influencer, but he's got a substantial following on Twitter and he's a writer. So like, hey, I mean, like he's got a platform and he's doing something good with it. So what I have to say is that we can make fuck ups. Jeremy is a great example of someone fucking up and offending people And then turning around and making it a positive situation, explaining something, teaching some people, quietly, subtly telling other men like, hey, don't fucking be manipulative with your actions. But also, it's understandable if you're not trying to engage in conversation that you would use a book. And so he he allowed himself to have some nuance and some reflection in that. And I think that was really powerful and something that I wanted to highlight. So. We all make mistakes. We are always going to make mistakes. None of us are ever going to be flawless and faultless and not fuck up on the internet. And we can't let that fear of retribution keep us back. Because one, our stories are important and we can't let fear keep us from telling them. But two, there are ways to fix a fuck up even if you are dragged ruthlessly on Twitter, as Jeremy so perfectly highlighted for us, where you can address the harm you caused, acknowledge what you did, hear what other people are saying, do something different, and speak on it and share that experience. And so I want us to all learn from that. And I want us to all realize that like, hey, even if we're not at a point yet where we've gotten better about how we do cancel culture, there's still a need for us to get out here and share what we're saying. And so we have to be able to recognize that there are ways to do it and still like protect ourselves and to know that vulnerability isn't bad. And like Jeremy was really vulnerable in opening up his process and sharing all that he did off of a probably haphazardly thought of tweet that clearly he, you know, did not have enough self-reflection in that he'd later addressed. So I want to use that as inspiration for you all to really think about what does it mean to make a fuck up in the internet and how do I own it? See, in my year plus of growing on TikTok, I fucked up a few times. I said some things that 
probably shouldn't have said, taking some videos down that probably, you know, didn't make sense or like could be taken out of context and it just didn't sit right with me later on or with my partner. And I address those things. I've had viewers say like, hey, this is wrong and I've addressed those things. It's important to be willing to be vulnerable on the internet enough to be able to receive criticism. And while we are working to build better ways to make that criticism more substantial and less of an attack and less of a, we're going to cancel you and more of a, you need to be educated and be accountable to what you said or what you did. In the meantime, we have to have ways to know that we can still get out there and make content and talk. And in having this kind of middle ground of like, this is how we do it, that starts to make it easier for those who are so embedded in cancel culture to start taking their fangs out, pulling back the nails and being like, oh, okay, I can chill. I can be less reactive. I can hear where this is coming from because I don't have to assume it's going to be like it's always been, right? Like some of those reactions come from trauma responses. Some of those reactions come from being in community or being in spaces where we haven't been given accountability and you're so used to it being bad. And so you just lash out. And yes, this was a very minor thing. It was not about a certain identity group except for book readers, which isn't a marginalized identity. So it still gives us an example. It still gives us a way to see and frame how to do it different, how to own your mistake, own what you did to make it better. So I want you all to face your fears. I want you to know that even though you might have a million negative thoughts running through your head, those can be worked on and you should work on them. Mindset is everything. And in creating content and offering your story, you can gain confidence. You can gain more self-trust because you are letting people in and you are processing and working through vulnerability. We need your content. We need your stories. So don't be afraid. And if you fuck up, it's okay. You can fix it. Okay, y'all. I hope you have a great one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do not forget to subscribe and rate the show and head to the email list to join our launch giveaway. It'll be running through February 28th. Yes, it was extended. It's going to be running through February 28th. So y'all, please, please, please head over there. Okay. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Influencing the Influencers is brought to you by Crip Consulting. Crip Consulting is where I offer my services to help entrepreneurs, small businesses, and yes, even influencers grow their business through one-on-one coaching and consulting that's grounded in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Learn more today at www.cripconsulting.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Influencing the Influencers. If you like what I'm talking about, please be sure to subscribe and rate the show as it helps build our community. Speaking of community, be sure to check out our Discord for free and exclusive content. And I would love if you consider joining my Patreon to support my work as a creator. Much love, y'all, and I'll talk to you next week.